What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner, and I've got a Q&A episode lined up for you today. It's Saturday night as I'm recording this, and what better way to spend a Saturday evening than answering some very important questions from you, my devoted listener, which I very much appreciate. I actually really do, all jokes aside, I do enjoy these a lot because it helps me to understand exactly what you guys want to know. And I post a podcast Q&A on my stories every single week that I'm doing a Q&A episode. So if you ever have a question, you can just follow me on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner and drop your question in the Q&A box. Now, full transparency, I am a type 2A, which means I like to do things last minute. So this particular Q&A box went up pretty close to the time that I'm recording this. So there wasn't all that much time for questions, but I got five questions here that I'm going to answer. Understand that type 2As, we like to wait till the last minute. We like to procrastinate. And in typical 2A fashion, this was no different. But I think it's going to be a great episode because there are some, I've got five amazing questions that will make for a quality episode. And if you agree, if you agree that it's a quality episode, I would love to hear your feedback. You can just shoot me a message directly and tell me, hey, great stuff. Appreciate what you're doing. Helping me out, whatever. Um, Or you can just leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And of course, you can always post this to your stories. Take a screenshot of the episode, post it up, tag me on Instagram. You should know the handle by now. It's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And anyway, let's get right into it. So the first question is, how to start metabolic priming for an obese person with a long history of yo-yo dieting? I love this question for two reasons. Number one, it means that metabolic priming is becoming more known and understood because most people out there, if you talk to the average person, they would have no idea what you're talking about. So metabolic priming becoming more known and more of an understood concept is a super positive sign overall. If more people understand this concept, if we can spread the word about actually taking care of your metabolism and the negative implications of chronic dieting and cookie cutter programs and extreme protocols and all of the bullshit that's out there, we will help so many people. Trust me when I say that. It is the number one issue, I think, when it comes to dietary failure is this constant pursuit of the next fad, of the next extreme thing, of the next quick fix, of whatever it is. We think we need to do all of these food rules and these bullshit restrictive protocols and 1,200 calories, and you can only eat once a day, and you can only eat certain foods, all of that stuff. It's nonsense, and all it does is damage your metabolism, and it makes it more challenging in the long run. So first and foremost, thank you for this question and for understanding that metabolic priming is an important part of the process. However, for somebody that is obese with a history of yo-yo dieting, where would I start? Well, I would have a lot of follow-up questions. So without context, it's going to be a little bit difficult because I need to know exactly what your history of yo-yo dieting looks like, what you're doing currently, what your lifestyle is like, what your activity is like, what your training protocol is like, what your stress, uh, the stress in your life. I would like to know your personality type. I would like to know so many other things about you to really dive in 
but I'm going to give a high level view of where I would start in, in a general sense. So first and foremost, I would try and establish some kind of maintenance. I don't know if you've tried to do this before, but I would start with, let's find out not just a calculator, but let's find out in reality what your maintenance is. And that's why I would like to know where you're starting because typically I don't like to deviate too far from where things are at currently. I think this is another mistake that a lot of people make is they jump in and they immediately kind of go from zero to a hundred. It's like, all right, well, even though I'm starting at point A, I want to jump all the way to point Z. It doesn't work. It's overwhelming. You bite off more than you can chew. You crash and burn. You start back at point A. So what I want to see is where are things at currently? Let's start there. And then let's gradually get you to what your real maintenance is. Not whatever a calculator is going to tell you, but a real maintenance that we would determine based off of averages, based off of what your body composition is doing, what the scale is doing, listening to your biofeedback. And we want to see some steady maintenance type consistency over a two to three week period of time. If things are progressing, that's just going to be a bonus side effect that I would not deviate if things are progressing. I would continue the pursuit of finding maintenance because it's going to be really beneficial in the long term. I would also start establishing, this is what I love about metabolic priming. Most people think, oh, it's just a reverse diet. No, it's not. There's a lot of other things that we take into consideration uh, when we're working with clients in a one-on-one -on -one setting. When we go through a metabolic priming phase, one of the things that we love to talk about is building and solidifying habits through this phase. So I would start with you know solidifying some movement, walking, uh, your, your exercise routine. If, we're, if we can get some strength training in there, I would start to solidify that. I would start to solidify food quality. I would start to solidify hydration, things, you know, stress management, sleep uh, routine, all of these things that will serve. Uh, you know, if you think about it, what are we doing when we're priming the metabolism? We're, we're sending the safety signal to your body. We're restoring homeostatic balance. That's what we're doing. That's all we're doing. So if we can establish some quality habits and we can start moving more and recovering more effectively and eating more quality foods and getting back to maintenance and uh, you know training consistently and sleeping well and managing stress, right? That's all of those things are moving us closer to that homeostatic balance. All of those things are sending the safety signal to your body, which inevitably will result in body fat loss because when your body feels safe, it's going to respond when you go into a calorie deficit and it's not going to have to be as extreme. And there are many things that we can do to keep your metabolism in a, in a really solid place as you're losing body fat. And this is all kind of like the preliminary stuff that we need to do to make it as efficient as possible. I would absolutely start prioritizing certain things like, you know, even, even if we don't start going from the, you know, um, quantity standpoint, like, yes, the quantity is going to be really important, but oftentimes people jump right into tracking macros, which is fine. If you're ready for that, by all means, totally fine. But you can always go the quality route first. You can always look at, well, how many you know servings of veggies are you getting in per day? What, what type of protein sources? What type of fat sources? What type of carb sources? Like, Can we look at food quality as that low-hanging fruit and start to eat more fruits and veggies, right? Can we start to eat more lean protein? What, what does that look like? 
if you're somebody like myself who really struggles with uh, getting like, I'll just be fully honest here. I'm not the best veggie eater. I really like broccoli. It's like my one veggie that I really actually enjoy. But um, for the most part, and it's not that I don't enjoy veggies. It's I just don't enjoy making them. I don't enjoy prepping them. Um, that's why I rely more on convenience. So I'll take like the frozen bags of veggie, like the rice, broccoli, and collie. I'll take like the, you know, the frozen stuff that I can microwave for four minutes and then it's done. I don't care that it's not, you know, whatever you can say what you want about frozen veggies versus fresh organic, all that stuff. It's, it's missing the forest or mistaking the forest for the trees. Like I just want to get my veggies in. And that's also why I utilize things like the, you know, green juice from Organifi as kind of like my insurance policy, because knowing that about myself, rather than stressing about prepping veggies, I use two kind of shortcuts, like two things that are convenient that are going to help me feel better about the quality of my nutrition. So knowing that I'm going to get veggies in because I don't have to prep them, I can just throw a frozen bag in the microwave. But then also using something like Organifi Green Juice, which is kind of my insurance policy. So that is something that can really help. And of all, like, trust me, I've been somebody who was anti-green juice for a long time until I found Organifi because of the taste and because of the ingredients. So it's actually something that I enjoy as like, you know, I used to do it first thing in the morning. Now I kind of do it midday. Um you know, I actually use their pure um, gut health um, powder first thing in the morning with my water that has a little bit of flavor in it. And and uh, then I use the green juice a little bit later in the day, but it's a really nice insurance policy. The ingredients are top notch and um, just highest of quality. And it's great. Like I know that I'm covered because of the fact that I have that uh, along with my, my little, you know, frozen veggie hack. So if you are somebody like me that struggles, you don't like to prep veggies or you just don't like veggies in general, then I highly recommend getting the green juice from Organifi. We have a 20% discount with them, which is an amazing partnership. I'm, I'm super pumped that uh, they were able to offer this to the Mind Over Macros listeners. So all you have to do is go to Organifi.com slash popfam, that's P-O-P-F-A-M, and you get 20% off any product, all of their products. Um, 20% off. It's, it's a big deal. Like they're, I'm telling you when it comes to quality, they are second to none. Um, I don't just say that because I, I literally, the only reason I say that is because I use it and I believe in it and I have for about five years now. So it's just, it's a match made in heaven. Let's just be honest. Um, so green juice, um, and I use their gold juice now and I also use their pure. Um, so highly recommended if you are struggling and you need that insurance policy, just go to organifi.com slash Pop fam, and then use code POPFAM at checkout. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash P-O-P-F-A-M and use code POPFAM at checkout. So that's where I would start in terms of the priming. Um, I would get to maintenance. I would focus on quality. I would establish some uh, solid habits. I would just, as much as we can take stress off of your system, and that would be the game plan, especially if you have a history of yo-yo dieting, it's going to be extremely important. And uh, I know sometimes it's struggling because you mentioned, you said for somebody who's obese, and I know that the mindset can be like, well, I just want to lose weight right now. And you're telling me that I have to find maintenance. And you're telling me I have to establish these habits. Look, if, if the shortcuts were going to work, they would have worked. 
Like, just think about the alternative. If the shortcut was going to work, you said you have a history of yo-yo dieting. So you should know this for certain, absolute certainty that if the shortcut was going to work, it would have worked by now. So my, my recommendation is commit and do this the right way. And it will, it will save you time in the long run. And, and my personal preference here, above all else, you probably know what I'm going to say. It's invest in coaching. Like if you want to collapse time, if you want to guarantee that you do this the right way, you don't get in your own head, that you don't self-sabotage, there is no better investment when it comes to saving you time and money and energy and frustration than investing in yourself, investing in coaching. Next question. How do I get my husband to take care of his health? It's so upsetting how he eats slash doesn't. Uh, I'm assuming you say we're going to say doesn't work out, but it got cut off here. Um, so I get this question a lot uh, with family members, kids, spouse, best friends, people that we're closest with. We want to help them so much. We want to do everything we can. And I can tell you that the approach that most people take is to tell them and to try to just, uh, you know, kind of jam it down their throats. Like, I want you to be healthy. I care about you and you should take care of yourself and do this, this, and this. And for whatever reason, the people that are closest to us are going to be the people that are least likely to take our advice, right? You could have a perfect stranger who's like, oh, you look really good. What do you do? And they'll, they'll listen to every word. They'll hang on every word you have to say. Somebody who's really close to you, even as a coach, like I can't coach Mel. She's a coach. I'm a coach. We can't coach each other. We're too close. We're in a relationship. We live together. We can't coach each other. If I try to, it doesn't even matter when we know for sure. <laughs> like it's funny, but it's not at the same time because I know that a lot of, it's a struggle for a lot of people in their relationships, but we can know for sure that the other person is telling us exactly the right thing, but just because it's coming from somebody so close, like we don't think about them in that way. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I got it. Like, I don't actually need your advice. And we kind of brush it off. So my advice to you is lead by example. Don't force anything. Don't even suggest anything. Just lead by example. Do the things that you know are in your best interest. Set the tone, set the example, be the example. When that person is ready, then they will ask. So you have to remember, we cannot force people to change. This is my daily frustration. Daily, this haunts me. I'm telling you daily, this haunts me because you can educate people to change. You can inspire people to change. You can lead by example to get people to change, but you cannot force people to change. And so it haunts me on a daily basis because I have individuals that reach out to me and they have everything they need. They have all of the information. They know from past experiences what didn't work. They know everything that they need to know about what will work. They have all of the opportunity right in front of them and they don't change. And I can't force that. And it's it, it literally haunts at me because I play those stories out in my head. I've seen these stories unfold. I've witnessed it firsthand. It's painful. It's painful to watch. I've had people go two years. I've had conversations with people 
multiple conversations throughout years of them just not being, not taking that leap, not making the commitment to themselves, not prioritizing themselves, making excuses, holding on so tight to those excuses. And then two years later being like, holy shit, why didn't I listen to you the first time? Why didn't I make, they weren't ready. They weren't ready for the change. Sometimes they're never ready. And we also have to be okay with that too. We have to be okay with the reality that they might never be ready. They might never, they might convince themselves. They might hold on so tight to those excuses. They might be completely lacking awareness. They might be dealing with their own stuff. We don't know what's going on internally, but we can't force it. So it's frustrating. Trust me. I know that firsthand. We can educate, we can inspire, we can lead by example, but we can't force it. When it's somebody that's very close to you, now you guys know my style. Like I'm very for, I'm super blunt. I'm, I don't believe in beating around the bush. I don't believe in, you know, sugarcoating anything. I say it like it is. If you want something and you say you want it, but your actions don't align, you're not making a commitment, you're not investing, you're making excuses. You're, you're saying you can't afford it or it's not the right time or whatever other excuse you're holding on to, you're kidding yourself. I will, I will shoot you straight. I'll tell you exactly like it is. But that's because I'm not in a relationship with you. I'm not married to you, right? So I can get away with that because you, know, you might be like, oh, this guy's a jackass. Screw him. I'm not listening to his podcast. And that's fine. When it's somebody that's really close to you, you don't want to create that situation where they don't want to talk to you or they don't, they don't want to interact with you anymore. So it's a delicate situation to navigate. My suggestion is just be the example. Lead by example. Prioritize yourself. You can talk about how great you feel. You can hype it up a little bit like, man, after I joined Pop, I feel so much better. It's amazing. The best thing I've ever done for myself. I feel lighter. I've, my mental clarity is better. I feel like this weight was lifted off my shoulders. There's so much freedom. Best thing I could have done for myself. You can, you can talk about how good you feel, but the person, your husband, in this example, has to be ready, has to be willing, and he has to be the one to say, okay, tell me how I should get started. And you want to ease into things when you have that conversation. Next question is, I said I have five questions because there was five things on here. I actually have four questions. One of them was just to thank you for the podcast. And I am grateful that you are a listener. So thank you so much for listening. It is truly all my pleasure. Next question is, how can I incorporate drinking alcohol while losing body fat? I only have 10 pounds to lose. Yeah, I actually did a whole episode on this. Um, I, it was probably a long time ago, so I have no idea what number it is. I apologize. But um, ultimately, you have to find the level of alcohol that you can consume while losing body fat. So there always comes a time where you have to make a decision. Is it worth the sacrifice? So I don't know how much you're, you're drinking right now. It's actually pretty easy to incorporate it into your plan. Um, the easiest way to do it is just to factor it into your weekly calories. So what I would prefer you do is whatever your weekly calories are that are going to help you lose body fat. And again, I don't, I don't know anything about your nutrition right now, so I can't give you any sort of direction other than to use hypotheticals. But let's just say 
2,000 calories per week. I'm, I'm sorry, 2,000 calories per week. That would be devastating. 2,000 calories per day is your goal that would help you lose body fat. So what I would do is take 2,000, multiply it by seven. That's going to be your weekly calorie total. So you're going to be eating 14,000 calories per week. And that will, in this hypothetical situation, lead to body fat loss. Now, I would say, how many drinks do I want to have per week? If I want to have four drinks per week, that means I'm going to take out the calorie total of four drinks, depending on what you're drinking. So let's just use a hypothetical example. And let's just say you like to drink vodka. So you're going to have four drinks, or let's say you like to drink wine. You're going to have four glasses of wine per week. And we're going to estimate that each glass of wine is about 150 calories. Now you can look all of this up. You can look up how many calories are in an ounce of wine, how many calories are in an ounce of vodka. And then you have to factor in if there's any mixers that you're putting in there. But for the most part, this works really well. So let's just say we're, we're dealing with 150 calories per glass of wine, which would be, I think about six ounces of wine, if five, six ounces of wine. Okay. So pretty good. So each glass is 150 calories, which means that your four glasses for the week would be 600 calories, okay? So you're going to take your, right, 150 per glass, four glasses, 600. You're going to take your 600 calories of wine that you want in that week. You're going to subtract it from your weekly total. So your weekly total was 14,000 calories for the week, 2,000 per day. You're going to subtract 600 So you've got 13,400 calories left, and you're going to divide that by seven, and that's going to be about your daily total. Now, your dailies can fluctuate, right? I don't know exactly what that number is off the top of my head, but over the seven days, you're going to try and get as close as you can to 13,400 calories. You're not going to track the alcohol in this situation because we already factored it in. You're you're going to end up at 14,000 calories total. You don't have to track the alcohol because I've already calculated it for the weekly total. The other thing you can do is just calculate it on the day that you're drinking and remove it from your carbs or fats or, or you know one or the other or a combination of both. So if we're using the 150 calories, let's just use 100 calories just to keep it simple because my mental math is being tested right now. Let's just say on you know Saturday night, Saturday night right now, I want to have a drink and I'm going to have two ounces of vodka, which we're just going to say is 100 calories. It's not, so this is just a hypothetical, but let's just say I'm going to have 100 calories worth of vodka tonight. I am going to remove the 100 calories from carbs and fats from my macro goal for tonight, okay? So if I were to remove it from carbs, right? Carbs are four calories per gram. So if I want to take away hundred calories worth of carbs, that would be 25 grams of carbs. 25 times four is hundred. So I would hit my macros 25 grams of carbs less than what I was going to hit without the alcohol. I'm just taking away the calories from alcohol in the form of carbs. I'm just reducing my carbs because Alcohol is just cal- it's just empty calories, but I need to account for them 
So I'm going to remove it in the form of carbs, or I can remove it in the form of fats. Okay. So I can take the hundred calories of alcohol. And if I were to remove 11 grams of fat, that would be 99 calories, nine calories per gram of fat. I take off 11 grams of fat from my macro total that day. And I've accounted for the hundred calories worth of alcohol. Either one of those is totally fine. Now, you might get to a point where the amount that you're drinking and the amount that you're taking away from real food is not helpful because it's causing you to feel like shit. It's causing you to not lose weight. It's causing you sleep disturbances and mood disruption, All whatever. It's just not working for you. There comes a point where you have to decide if it's worth it. And that might mean reducing the amount that you drink. So there always comes a point in time where you have to decide, is it worth it? And sometimes that's totally your decision. Sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a no. But that's the easiest way to incorporate drinking while losing body fat. All right, one more question, which is BCAAs versus EAAs. So the question is, I'm assuming, do I recommend BCAAs, which are branched chain amino acids versus EAAs, which are essential amino acids? Now, I'm going to break this down. My answer would be neither because you don't need it if you're eating enough protein. Kind of a waste of money. If you're eating enough protein, you're not really doing yourself any favors by supplementing with BCAAs or EAAs. If you're not eating enough protein, either one can be helpful to get you to where you need to be. However, if I'm deciding between the two, I would always lean towards EAAs because it's going to be a more complete amino acid profile. So, you know, we have, gosh, I I don't even remember off the top of my head, I think 31 different essential amino acids and there's four branch chain amino acids. But if we're taking the complete essentials, um, we've got everything covered in there anyway, and it's a more complete profile of aminos. So I would lean towards EAAs. The only time that I've used that in the past is when I've had really long and intense training sessions. And I don't do those very much anymore. In fact, I don't do those ever anymore. But there was a time where I would spend a good two hours in the gym, a time when I was young and spry and relatively fit. Um, And so I would spend like two hours in the gym and I would do a mix of essential amino acids and highly branched cyclic dextrin, which is just a um, fast digesting carb uh, that, you know, supplement that can help with the, uh, you know, with the EAAs helps with muscle protein synthesis and with the um, highly branched cyclic dextrin, it can help with the, uh, you know, replenishing glucose in the muscles and just starting the repair and recovery process. So I did that at some point in time temporarily um, and just only for those intense, like crazy training sessions. Otherwise it's just flavored water. It's not doing you any advantage, you know, it's not doing you anything. Um, I think it's a waste of money, especially if you're eating adequate protein. But if I had to choose between the two, I would say that EAAs make a little bit more sense over BCAAs just because of the uh, actual overall amino acid profile. So hopefully that makes sense. But yeah, you're, you're kind of 
you know, just focus on getting in enough protein, number one. And if you can't, then sure, you can supplement. But even with that, I would still prefer, again, this is personal preference, but I would still prefer like whey protein over doing the BCAAs or EAs. But if you are somebody that you just, you like the flavor, it helps you drink more water, it helps you stay hydrated. There's always context that would say, okay, sure, get some EAAs or BCAAs, but you're really, there's going to be no significant advantage. If you're asking me to pick, gun to my head, I'm saying EAAs, but again, it's kind of a, a small, you know, like majoring in the minors type of thing. So hopefully this was helpful, guys. I appreciate all of the questions. Um, please don't hesitate to reach out if there's anything that you want me to discuss. I apologize for the last minute uh, Q&A box on my stories. As I said, 2A problems. I will try to do better. No guarantees because I do like to wait till the last minute. But um, yeah, let me know what you think. If this was helpful, I always love to hear from you and I will talk to you guys very soon.